Okay. So, if you just listened to the first episode and saw when it was posted, <laughs> and now you're seeing this episode, you will know that this is a quick turnaround. This may or may not be the trend. We don't know yet. We're, I'm still working on how I'm going to do all of this. But I've got my first email, and I'm very, very excited, if you can't tell already. This email is a six-part email. So we're not a six-part email. It had six different sections, and I'm super, super grateful for the lovely human being that sent me this beautiful email to be the initial episode, I guess. So shout-outs to you, Rakima. I'm very, very grateful for you putting yourself out here and asking these questions and helping me to help you. And who knows we, who else we could be helping out. So shout out to you, Rakima. Thank you so much. So let's dive right into it. <clears throat> I, love the, I love this intro. Um, Rakima says, I love this podcast intro. Can't wait to get into full gear. Go, Chris, go. <laughs> Thank you, Rakima. So let's start off with part one. How to cope growing up in an unsupportive home and community environment. Lack of support in all areas, work choice, sexual orientation, religious, etc. Um, that coping with unsupportive tendencies is very, very hard. Um, especially when you're by yourself. Like... It's hard to motivate yourself when you feel like you're alone. So um, I guess, at least for me, I support, I surround myself with affirmations first and foremost. Like, you know, you do the stereotypical on the Instagram, find little quotes or whatever, listen to music that gets you in a certain type of mood. Because yes, even though you have support or you may have support, it doesn't matter if you yourself don't really believe or aren't receptive to it on your own because they're going to come a time where that person who you go to all the time is going to be busy or god forbid they travel you know that type of deal where you can't reach that person they're not answering their phone you don't got no minutes you know that type of deal so getting yourself right for yourself first and foremost is very very hard but it can also help you um like if you're if you feel bad or you feel yourself going on a negative slope you can tell yourself hey whoa 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 slow down there playboy or girl we're not going down this road you have to make the choice it's very hard cuz i do struggle with it and that's that is the purpose of kind that is one of the purposes for this podcast because it allows me to work through my issues and help other people too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have to always try to find a way to motivate myself. Because just yesterday, I had a horrible day. I was ready to just say F it all. But I turned it around, and I had to positively reinforce myself. And it also came from several positive conversations. One in which, from a friend who was in the States at the time, or who's in the States right now, and she just randomly, accidentally called me and accidentally affirmed everything that 
I needed to hear and she didn't even know. So these things ultimately work out for your good once you hone your mind into positive things. Once you tell yourself, all right, I'm going to find the good in this. I'm going to see the good in this. It's hard, but once you get into the practice of finding the good, it'll get easier as it goes along. I hope that answered that question positively or it made sense because I know I have a tendency to ramble. All right, so that was part one. Part two, what is an outcast and what makes a person an outcast from society? Followed with, why are people outcast? Outcasted. Um, I'm not a professional, <laughs> but in my opinion, an outcast or what would make someone an outcast is someone who goes to the beat of their own drum wholeheartedly. Like if the if society says go left, you go in right. Not because, oh, you know, your mom told you or whatever. You're going because you you go to your own the beat of your own drum because you want to. You don't see the sense in conforming. You're you're stubborn, you're rebellious, you know, you're all the negative connotations um when it comes to being stubborn. Um, outcasts aren't people who have the unpopular opinions. They're the ones who, when everybody's like, oh, that's so good. They're like, no, actually, that's not. That I see something wrong with that. Or I see something right with this when everybody sees something wrong with it. And I guess it's someone who just does not fit in. And people are outcasted mainly because society has a way of dictating on what certain things should be, how certain things should go. And if you're not doing this, you're an outcast. You know, if you're not in the in crowd, you can't sit with us type of deal. So that that's basically how I see an outcast and I how I see people become outcasts or are shunned from society. Number three, <laughs> how to leave a toxic situation. When should you leave and how to determine it's toxic? Okay, so we'll start this one backwards how to determine a situation is um a situation is toxic um for me when i find myself feeling more negatives than positives more often than not like if at the end of the day i'm rolling my eyes like or if i get a message from someone and i'm like oh you again or like there's nothing good about it. Like you don't, there's, you know innately when something's good and when something's bad. So um, when, I guess, you start to get that dreading, that dreaded pit in your stomach, that ugh, this again, or you find yourself acting out of character. When you don't, when you're, when you look back at your actions, you're like, who the hell was that? That's when you know you're in a toxic situation or you're in the beginnings of a toxic situation. When should you leave? There is never, I guess, there isn't a set time frame on when to leave. You can leave the minute you find out it happens. You could give it a week, a month, a day, a year, three years, five years. There is no real time frame. You, are, you can't pick it. 
Like you could say every day, oh, I'm leaving the situation today. And then you end up right back in it. So the only thing about a toxic situation is recognizing it and leaving when you're ready. Because we, I, I have a tendency of walking away from things and then end up getting drawn back in because I wasn't ready to go. Or I thought I was ready, but I wasn't. Whilst in the toxic situation, once you realize you're in a toxic situation, it's important to then, again, go back to the um, to the unsupportive one, to coping with an unsupportive home and community. You have to affirm yourself. You have to tell yourself, okay, you might not be leaving today, but you're working on leaving. Let's work on that. Let's get ourselves together. Build your in your internal strength. Build your confidence. Build you up in order to stand on your own. Because sometimes being in a toxic situation weakens us and makes us dependent on whatever the situation is. So that when we think about being without the situation, there is like that cloud of doubt, fear, and uncertainty. But if you realize you're in a toxic situation and you start building yourself, building your independence, building your confidence, building your self-esteem whilst in that toxic situation, you become all the stronger so that the day that you eventually leave, be it the day after, the month after, a year after, six years after, you are able to walk away and not look back. You are able to look back at that situation and be like, damn, that was tough, but we made it. You see what I'm saying? And that's and there is no real way on how to leave a situ a toxic situation because every situation is unique. It's just that you do leave, and it's in my personal opinion. I again, I'm not no professional. I'm not a pro, but I always try to leave things as amicable as possible. I always let the record reflect. I extended communication. I made it so that you understood what's happening. If I am going to leave, I'm going to tell you why I'm leaving so that there's not that awkward, oh, I don't know why this person isn't talking to me anymore. You give that closure because some people need that. But then again, see what you guys who listen to me in the future will be able to pick up on is I'm kind of a bit of a contradiction. So bear with me and understand that sometimes you can leave a toxic situation without offering closure. Because sometimes you just don't need to say why you're leaving. You just need to leave. That is very tough. But again, to recap it, um, first things first is find out if you're in a toxic situation. Reevaluate your situation. See how you feel. If there are more cons than pros if you're feeling far worse about things then you do feel better about it you're in a toxic situation and then only then you can start building yourself up to eventually leave there is no time frame there is no guideline there is no right or wrong so to say but as long as you leave your toxic situation you'll be all the better for it um I hope that made sense. <laughs> Going on to part number four, knowing yourself, not living to please others, self-care, not that hippie shit, <laughs> how, how to stop lying to yourself, knowing how to care, how to take care of your whole self spiritually, mentally, physically, stop eating, <laughs> stop eating meat, and emotionally, 
This one is a tough one. Um, because I, I'm under the belief that no one really dies fully knowing who they are. I believe everyone dies a work in progress. Now, you have some people that get to 99. I do not believe that no one goes to the grave 100% figured out. Um, but learning who you are is an everyday process. It's a bunch of trial and errors. It's a bunch of, oh, let me see if this will work, stubbing your toe, realizing that certain things aren't for you even though you thought they were for you, realizing that you're not that good of a person, realizing that you're not that smart, you can't sing, you can't dance, but realizing nonetheless that these what works for you ultimately. Um, spiritually, you have to figure out what works for you. And that's a very iffy thing because I am a Christian, but I also understand that I can't force no one to be a Christian with me. So wherever you find your spirituality or wherever you find your spiritual peace, that's up to you. You have to go through that process, go through the different religions, go through the different churches, go through the different conversations and the researching to find out what is your fit because everything in life is for your fit and and you will know what's for you when you reach there. Physically, (sighs) again, this is a tough one because you have stopped eating meat. Ah, I like my chicken and my turkey. Um, but find out what works for you. Find out if you need to be a pescatarian where you only eat fish, a vegetarian, or, you know, you just stick or um, you wean yourself off of certain things. You find your groove, whatever makes you happy, whatever ultimately at the end of the day when you look back at what you did throughout the day makes you feel better. That's... It's completely up to you physically. And then working out is the same thing. You can only work out at your own pace. Even if your gym instructor tells you to do 30 push-ups, if you only know you could do 10, you will only do them 10. Now, I'm not saying every day do 10. Push yourself. But you move at your own pace. Because I'm the wishy-washiest workout person in the world. But I've also realized that I can only take myself as far as I can go. And I can't push myself further, and I can't get mad at myself. I just have to take it one step at a time. And that goes for anyone, in my opinion. Emotionally, find out your triggers. Like, it it took me, I am 28 years old, it took me 28 years to realize what some of my triggers are. Realize how, what makes you tick. Realize what gets to you. Realize what makes you happy, sad, indifferent. Because in my opinion, indifferent is far worse than hate. When you don't get, when you don't care, that's a whole other level. I'd rather you hate me than not care. But you look at situations, look at your interactions with people in your life, and then see, oh my goodness, okay, so this this affects me this way, that affects me this way. And you kind of cater to what makes you emotionally sound. And mentally, I intentionally made this one the last one because this one is the most important in my opinion because at the end of the day with every situation and with every obstacle you face when you close your eyes you only have yourself to deal with no matter if you're married in a relationship have a bunch of kids when you close your eyes or when you close that door in your room you're by yourself and you have to face the repercussions of your actions no one can sign up and take your blame for you 
So again, it goes on and on with emotional stability. Know what makes you tick. Know when you start to see red and know how to shut yourself off. Know to tell yourself, do not go there. It's hard. It's one of the hardest things anybody will have to do in their lives, understanding mentally what makes them tick. So, yeah. Like you have to pay very close attention to yourself. No matter how sure you are about yourself, there is something that will surprise you. So I think that kind of sums up the spiritual, mental, physical, and emotional aspects of self-care. If that makes self, if that makes sense. And I hope that wasn't that hippie shit. <laughs> but I really believe once you take a look at yourself and understand how you move, you will be able to kind of put yourself into different slots and even find out certain certain things about yourself. Find out where you really fit because this whole time you might feel like you're a certain type of person. But when you search around and you figure certain things out, you realize you're a whole nother type of person. So it takes time, effort, and research. It's like a project. Like we are our we are our own we are our best product or our most difficult project because we are constantly evolving and constantly changing and constantly feeling. So those things kind of kind of put us in certain situations and certain boxes. I hope that made sense. Um, on to number five, relationships. <laughs> just, just all of them. What they should mean to you, what they should give you, and what you should give them. Um, I believe all relationships require, all relationships, in my opinion, are sacred. <laughs> I don't care. Even if it's a relationship with someone you don't like, they're sacred. And what you should give relationships is all of your attention because everyone has, everyone is going through something. So when you ignore certain things and you ignore people, you, you can be inadvertently triggering situations and triggering people. Um, I'm not going to say give it all your time because there are some relationships that you legitimately have to walk away from and give time. Like say, all right, I'm really jacking for this. I can leave this alone and then I'm going to revisit it. And then you, um, you give it attention. You, it's like a child. Each relationship is like a child. You foster it from infancy to adulthood because once you reach the adult level of any type of relationship, it just flows naturally. It knows what to do. You know what to say. They know what to say. And all of what you give your relationship should be reciprocated from the other person and or persons that you're involved with because they usually, like, I don't believe there is no relationship in this world that's not 50-50. It's a give and a take. Actually, I renege that last comment about 50-50 because there are going to be times where you're not able to give 50. Sometimes what we're going through in life will knock us down to 50, and then the other person has to give in the difference. So whatever is, like, it's a give and take, and you have to understand when your role is necessary. You have to understand that, okay, cool, I am now going to have to take the loan on for the both of us. But once it's reciprocated, reciprocation is very, very important in any relationship I feel. Again, even a hated, even a relationship between people who hate each other, that's a 50-50 reciprocation of hate, <laughs> um, if that makes sense. So, yeah. And relationships should mean a level of importance. 
because every relationship is individual. Every relationship has its quirks. Every relationship has its good and it has its bad. So you have to kind of cater to them differently. Not every relationship is going to be the same, if that makes sense. So I hope that that rounds relationships up and what they should mean to you and what you should give and receive from them. And there is a bonus. Our environment. Why do we so freely destroy the place we live? When do we carry when do we carry on casually when we are killing why do we carry on so casually when we're killing the place we call home? And when do we start when do we take a stand to protect this for our children? Um I believe it's a society based thing. The treatment of our environment. I believe like a lot of people grew up with their parents doing things like the car window, throwing like garbage in in abandoned lots and stuff of that nature. And people have just become so accustomed to it and become lazy that they just don't take care of what they have and then want to complain. Like I never understood how people go to the beach, eat their food, leave their garbage and then come back and be like, oh my gosh, it's so nasty. But you just contributed to the mess. Like you, you left your boxes, you left your plastic bags in the very same beach that you're now complaining about is an eyesore and you get upset. It's a lot of society-based ball and chain things that we have to let go and like kind of unhinge if I'm making sense to make a change. And it starts internally. Like if you have a problem with how somewhere looks, it's very easy to say that's not my problem. But at the same token, if you don't do it, who will? So it kind of, we kind of falls on us if we notice it and if it bothers us to make a change. So therefore, if we ever have kids, they can see us taking care of what we have and understood because I always knew to take care of certain things because I saw my parents do it. Like if we would go to a restaurant and we're eating, And even though there's a waiter, you still put your plates together. You still clean the table up because, yeah, okay, it's their job to clean up the table, but don't be an a-hole about it, you know what I'm saying? Don't leave your straw wrapper all over the place, your fork this way, your knife the next way. You make it easier because this is still a human being at the end of the day. The same can be said about our land and our um, taking care of it for our children. If they see us taking care of our place that we live in, see us putting our garbage in the bag and taking our bag to the proper receptacle for trash, they will then say, okay, well, mommy and daddy doing this, even though they see Tommy and Billy doing this. Otherwise, they say, well, bro, my mommy told me do this, my mommy told me do that, and you make it better, if that makes sense. Um, I have le- I have seven minutes left in this recording, and I don't want to cut it short, but I feel like that's the crux of how we take care of the environment. It's an it starts inwardly as much as everything that everything that you that was asked in this email everything starts internally because that internally that's what helps us cope with unsupportive home and community environments um it's internal it starts internally where outcasts are bred because they notice that something is in like you notice something that's in you that's not in everybody else that makes you different and once you realize you're different, you kind of start to feel like an outcast. And society 
projects a certain negativity towards Elkias. But again, that's just internally. Um, toxic situations, they start internally. You can detect a, um, a toxic situation from inside. You can tell that you're in a toxic situation when you feel like trash on the inside every day. Um, knowing yourself and helping yourself to take care of yourself starts internally. You can't take care of yourself spiritually, mentally, physically, or emotionally if you do not take stock internally. Relationships, that's an internal thing because you then know internally what you have to give in order to receive. And then you also understand which you will not receive and which relationships will make it and which relationships will not make it because these are internal checklists that we do within ourselves. And to sum it all up, it starts internally where we take pride in where we are in our environment and where we show our children how to take care of our environment and what to do with it. So, yeah, I said all of that to say everything that you've listed and asked for is an internal thing. We have the power to change any surrounding that we're in once we make the decision to do so. Like we have to take stock, realize what it is, and fix the issue. That's all internal. And yeah, you have the power to change anything in this world as long as you will it. It's difficult as hell. It is. Nothing in this world worth having is easy. So everything that you want is at your fingertips. You just have to will it, internalize it, and leave it up to the higher power. I serve God, and so I leave it at the feet of the Lord. I say, this is what I want, and Lord, let's make it happen. And from that decision is made, I internalize that, and I try to make myself better for it. I prepare myself for what I ask for, if that makes sense. So... Yeah, all of that to wrap that up. And I want to um, thank you, Rakima, for your email. I hope I answered everything in a way that makes sense. I know I rambled, but I hope it kind of I kind of brought it home and it, I made a valid point. Um, and always, always, always remember to smile. You're beautiful. No matter what you're going through, there's at least one good thing to think about in every day there's one good thing even if it's just opening your eyes so thank you for your email thank you for your support and yeah um that's basically it uh again guys any questions topics emails you can go ahead and send it to the bohemian soapbox chronicles at gmail.com and yeah we'll see you I will see you in the next episode. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. And don't forget to share and, you know, spread the word. Find someone and tell them something nice. Share a smile, share good vibes, and make the world a better place. Just by one conversation, one kind action, one good deed. Let's try that. Thank you again for listening.